Well, hello and welcome to a very special edition of Sporting Lines with Bradford City Manager and former Scotland, Scotland International, of course, Stuart McCall. Uh, I say special because apart from the quality of uh, my guest today, I'm excited as well, as is Stuart, to be able to try and help to raise awareness and raise some funds uh, for a local community football pitch in West Leeds, which is pretty dear to both our hearts having played there during our youth. It's a TV Harrison ground on Oldfield Lane in Wortley, in West Leeds. And it was, um, it was dubbed the Wortley Wembley back in the day. Now, we'll let others get involved in all the politics of what's going on with this. Um, they've already um, been doing plenty in that respect anyway. Uh, the facts, according to the Leeds Live website, are that developers are planning to put 61 homes um, on the land that uh, is the TV Harrison ground, uh, a pitch that saw the likes of Stuart, of Brian Dean, David Batty, Noel Whelan all learn their football and uh, represent the, uh, the local lead sides of their era. So the nitty gritty, folks, is that the TV Harrison Community Action Group are trying to raise another £2,500 as a minimum um, towards their legal fees to fight the case to keep it as a community football pitch and sports facility. Um, they're appealing for your help, as by definition, uh, myself and Stuart are by appearing on this uh, vodcast today. Now, you might have already paid to watch this video before we've got to this stage. Uh, thanks if you have. If you haven't done so yet, then, uh, or if you want to make an added donation, they've also got uh, a Just Giving page, the TV Harrison Community Group Just Giving page, um, for which I'll put the details on screen. Uh, please bear in mind, that neither Stuart nor myself are charging a penny for this, uh, so please do what you can to help. Um, you can also get in touch with them as well on, um, on Twitter, on at Save Pitch, that's a lady by the name of Lee Westerman, or you can join on their face group, which is the TV Harrison Sports Ground uh, community Facebook page to keep up to date with the latest and where this goes from here. But we thought we'd try and do something to help, and really, well, we know Stuart had a fantastic career, um, one of one of the players who's played the most in the history of the Football League, 40 appearances for Scotland, and we could probably talk for the rest of the day. I know I could, uh, going through all that with him. But we want to focus on what this pitch means to Stuart McCall. Now, Stuart, obviously, um, from a footballing family, your dad played. Uh, the family moved down to, to Leeds at some point during his career when he played there in the 50s. Let's first of all step in by you taking us back to what it was like for you as a young lad in Leeds and what are your first sort of memories and your first footballing memories well? Yeah, it was it was a case of, you know, I was born, I was actually born um, a corner kick away from Ellen Road Stadium. I was born in a hospital in Leeds, but I lived for the first um, year of my young life um, just behind the Peacock Pub, not far far from there but then we moved over to to Wortley Lee's homes um, and I must have been probably half a mile away from as we used to call it I know it's a TV Harrison ground but Oldfield Lane you know if you ever used to talk about Oldfield Lane if you were going to play Oldfield Lane as a kid then you'd made a final or you were somebody it was you know the the big ground in Leeds if you like and uh, I was fortunate enough to play many a game there Somewhat special about it as well when you sort of walked into the place, the fence around the side, the changing rooms at the side and all that. There was that little sloping angle to the thing. But yeah, you just felt like, as I mentioned, it was like our schoolboy version of Wembley, wasn't it? It was. It was brilliant. And, and I'm fortunate that, like I say, I live so, so near. I went to the school, went to 
um, upper Workley School first as a kid, which was obviously really near it, and then Thornhill, Thornhill Middle School, which unfortunately is no longer there. That got bulldozed a long time ago. Um, and then I went on to live at Toff Street, just behind the Asda there, which was, you know, you, know, you could walk you know, inside a minute to it. So, yeah, but it, it was, I've got some great memories, I've got to say. I remember at Thornhill as a, in the middle school getting to the final and I think the headmaster in the morning saying to everyone they could have um, maybe half a day off to go watch us play in this final and half of the school were there. So, you know, but a, 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 I say a small, small ground um, in obviously large football stadium terms, but to have nearly all the school there supporting us was, was brilliant. Um, and there were a lot of times, obviously, Leeds City boys played there. I remember I used to play as an under-11 a year higher, so I was in the under-12s. And I remember uh, Terry Connor, who obviously went on to play for Leeds. I used to go watch Terry and come on as a super sudden score against the Liverpool and likes <laughs> in the last 93rd minute. I remember being in the boys' pen one day when he came on and scored. But Terry, I remember it was coming out and um, I think it was Dr Foster, one of, one of the coaches, and he had a big uh, Dulux dog. And um, we, we were going to have to do a, some hard training or something. I can't remember, but, but the, the caveat was, and the, the bribe was, if Terry could race the dog across the pitch and beat it, then we didn't have to do any hard work. So I remember <laughs> all of us stood on the touchline looking at it, shouting, going, the dog, you know, running over to its owner and Terry running against him. Thankfully, Terry was very quick in that day. So um, he won the race and uh, we didn't have to do any extra work. But... Yeah, there was, there was some real, honestly, I know it's, I, I sometimes can't remember last week, but I certainly got really good memories of, of that ground. Um, even going to see, um, you know, some of the some of the other teams play there as well. My brother and brother-in-law got to finals and semi-finals there. I went to watch them. So it was always a community and living in the community there, it was always a, a hub of action. There was always something going on, a big game or, you know, to go and watch. So it's great. Um but yeah, and I remember later on, I think under 15s, when I went to Harrington High, we reached the final and played uh, Cardinal Heenan, who had the five or six Leeds City Boys players in there. And again, I say a full house, you know, everyone round the pitch, great atmosphere. I think we drew nil-nil and shared the trophy. There was no penalties in them days. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, just happy memories. And I think, if I'm honest, I shouldn't be saying this. I probably nicked over a couple of times and practiced a bit of crossing and finishing with my pals sometimes. But uh, <laughs> no, it was, it, it was, it was, as a kid growing up, that's where you wanted to play. You know, obviously you get older, you want to play Ellen Road or whatever it may be at the time. Um, but as a kid growing up, there were some great, great football memories, I've got to say. Look, we know uh, anybody who's even cast a slight glance over your career that you, you wore your heart on your sleeve as a player. Um, and, you're coming across as being quite emotional about those old memories as well. I remember when I went to play there, and for me, it was probably about as good as it ever got, you know, the heart palpitations as you walk on the pitch because yeah. it's something a bit special. Did you sort of feel like yourself at the time as well? Yeah, certainly so. Um, I'm trying to think of teams we... I don't think Liverpool came once, but we, I think Sheffield boys, you know, as Leeds City boys going from under 11, 12, 13, 14s and up, um, we used to play there on a, a Saturday morning sometimes at some... Yeah, good memories. Just really good memories. And as you say, going in there, where you, you go through the sort of little gate and sort of turnstile next to it and then down to the dressing rooms. And But um, it seems silly now looking back because I've been fortunate to, you know, play in some decent stadiums throughout my career. But it always still holds a special, special place because that's where I was brought up in football, really. You know, yeah. both watching, as I said, 
some of the, the older games, but actually playing in, and, and, and you knew if you got to a semi-final or final, you were going to play, play it, uh, as we called it, Oldfield Lane. So, being a redhead, as you were, and being a box-to-box midfielder, well, eventually, anyway, I don't know, I'm quite sure what position you were playing back in those days, and given that sort of era, which would have been the early, early to middle 70s, I'm thinking it might have been a fairly fiery Scottish midfielder playing just down the road who could have inspired you, Billy Bremner. Well, certainly so. I, I, I do. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I do remember one occasion. Um, my dad was living up in Scotland, and he didn't come down to many games. I think I got to about under 15s at Leeds City Boys, and was only four foot one and about seven stone dripping <laughs> wet. So I was. I hadn't grown that much. But just talking about about the late great Billy Bremner there, um, I remember getting told I thought I was going to play this Saturday. I can't remember what it might have been. I don't know if it was Sheffield boys or not. So my dad's drove all the way down to Scotland to come to the game. And uh, when I get there, I find out I'm not playing. Um, and then he, you know, my dad was this. I have a more disappointed for my dad. I got on for 10 minutes or something. But I remember him speaking to one of the coaches afterwards. And one of the coaches says, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr McCauley. But we do think out of all the players playing that your son will be the one. You know, he's just a little bit small at the moment. And then my dad went into a rage about a rant about Billy Bremner, Johnny Giles, Bobby Collins, you know, at the time. All yeah. the and my dad wasn't the biggest himself and he managed to play for Leeds. So it was actually quite funny. But yeah, um, you know, Billy Bremner at the time, as he said, um, growing up was was one that I used to, to watch and uh, you know, love to sort of to be really captain of Scotland and everything, wasn't it? He was, he wasn't the worst, was he? Um, favourite playing memory, if you can pick one out from playing at the TV, the, the Oldfield Lane, sure, sorry, I should say. Yeah, do you know, I've got to be honest, again, <laughs> my memory's not the best, but I, I remember playing, like I say, I think it was under 15, 16, and Harrington Highbridge used to be the old cow close, um, yeah. but finally there, how we got to a final, I never knew, because we just had lads that weren't the best, but were a good bunch and just loved training and playing, and we were playing uh, Cardinal Heenan, and they had five or six of the boys in the Leeds City Boys team. And, they were, and I think four of them went on to sign for Leeds United. So we were playing them in a final. And it was sort of, you know, we, I'd meet up with, they were all part of the Celtic team as well. Um, and I thought we were going to get a doing. So we, we kept, we didn't say too much, I didn't say too much. In the end, we got a nil-nil. And I remember at the end of it, all the, the, the supporters were there were really getting behind us because it was like backs to the wall. And um, I think we had a, a lad who played rugby playing up front for us and we had a, a goalkeeper that never played goals in his life and you know it was just it was an odd put together so I just remember and sort of learning a lesson from that that no matter who's got the best players it's, as long as you give your all and be as competitive as you can and play to final whistle and we drew nil-nil and it was as if we'd won won the World Cup because like I said they didn't do extra time and penalties them days I think it was getting a bit dark maybe and there were no flood lights <laughs> at the time but we just shared the cup so we managed to get the cup for six months and had it for six months so that's probably me even though it was a sort of a drab nil-nil I think the lesson of just getting a group of lads because we had some better players at the school but they weren't that bothered about coming to training you know and, and they thought they'd just you know roll yeah. up or we've got a final we'll play but the teacher um, you know the sports teacher made it clear if you don't come to training you don't play in the final and I think two or three of them thought, oh, no, they'll pick us and anybody else. And in the end, as I say, we drafted a couple of rugby boys in. and So I think that was a model. And that sort of stood me in good stead for the future. You know, have people that want to play for you and uh, you won't go far wrong. Well, you did better than me, um, 
Stuart, because I think I played there three times, a couple of semi-finals, lost on penalties in both of them to the same school, Tinsill Middle School up uh, of Cookridge Way. Oh, we, we used to uh, thrash them. We used to uh, thrash them. Sorry, no, no. And then um, I think also lost to the Airdale and Wharfdale schools playing against the City Boys. So um, trying to mark Brian Dean all afternoon, not not the, not the easiest <laughs> of tasks, I've got to say. So I'll put my hands up for that one. Um, you're the winner. As you have been um, throughout your footballing career, we'll maybe ask you a couple of questions about that in a minute. But I just wanted to touch on one other thing that we did have in common as uh, juniors, and that was playing for, for Pudsey Juniors, which in those days, they never played in leagues. It was all about trying to pick the, the cream of the players from the local area and picking your opponents. And I know that they've, they've got a long list of people who ended up making it as professionals. I seem to remember the words Mike Duxbury being pumped out around about the time I was a junior. I think he, he came through the ranks, but obviously yourself always got mentioned at those presentation evenings that you went to. Can you think of anybody else yeah. from your era who went on and played elsewhere? Andy Duggan and Graham Mitchell were two lads who, who played in my team. And they both ended right. up playing for Huddersfield Town. And I'm not sure if both played for Bradford City, but certainly Mitch played for, for Bradford Yeah, City. he did, yeah. Do you know, I, I can't. I, th- I think we had a, a few lads at Puds Unions that went in, or then went to Farsley Celtic because you either went to... Yeah. As far as the Celtic or Yorkshire amateurs, I think, yeah. of them, when you got to the under-15, under-16 level. Um, but no, I, I remember the Sundays um, always going around Yorkshire, really. We didn't get, you know, Airdale and Wharfdale being a... I think it was, at times, it, what it used to be, it used to be winning 11 and 12 nils. They were the, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. It sometimes wasn't as competitive because we did have the cream of the, the players. Um, but we used to get coached well um, and we had a good group. As I say, a lot of them... Um, Went into to Leeds United of between 16 and 18, unfortunately. Mick Ashby, the goalie, Jared Hill, um, Dave Harrison, you know, I think he's coaching at Man City now, maybe. Um, so there were lads like that. We certainly had a lot of good players. But uh, yeah, no, Putsy Juniors was, was, a, was a good uh, a grounding for a lot of players. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Kevin Broadhurst, I think, went to yeah. Birmingham City. Um, Trevor Parr, I think, might have been up through Putsy Juniors as well. Went on and played for Bradford as well. So, uh, yeah, there were, were, were great times then. Yeah, good days, obviously, your father Celtic days. And then you, you signed um, for Bradford. And as I say, we've got there's so much to talk about with your career that we could be here forever. But I just wanted to really pick out what are those two or three defining moments, if you like. Is it scoring that one and only international goal? Or is it playing in a World Cup? Or is that first cap for Scotland? Or is it something else, a Bradford City or something else related yeah. to memory or two? Yeah, listen, I've been very, very fortunate to have a you know a decent career and play with some great players under some great managers in front of some great fans. But uh, I think defining moments, I think the biggest one would probably be when I got picked for Scotland and England under-21s on the same day. Ended up picking England, went over to Turkey in the under-21s. Um, be like Tony Cotty and David Seaman might have been there and I um, can't remember some of the other boys, Des Walker maybe. Uh Maybe, maybe, maybe not some of them, but Paul Bracewell, Ian Snodding was definitely there. But anyway, cut long story short, if, if I'd have got on, I was sub, I didn't get on. If I'd have got on, that would mean I, I could only play for England and obviously I had some outstanding midfield players. Um, but the final whistle went, I didn't get on, I came back, changed my allegiance to Scotland. A few years later, as I played as an overage player for under-21s and went on, as you say, to, be, to play 40 times for Scotland. And, uh, you know, but if I'd have got on the pitch, against Turkey for England I would never have been oh, yeah. maybe played in the World Cup two Euro Euro 92 Euro 96 um, and the only Scottish player playing all all nine games every minute of game so that that was 
a little bit fortunate because that's sometimes how things work. If I'd have got in the park, it wouldn't have happened. So that was a defining moment. But I think if I look back on my career, um, for the best bits, um, obviously a couple of promotions. Promotions with Bradford, which was brilliant. And going to Everton, which was fantastic. Seven years at Rangers, doing nine in a row. I think my, cap, my, my debut for Scotland, um, we played against, in 1990, prior to Italian 90, we played against the current holders of um, Argentina. And I managed to set up Stuart McKimmy on my debut for a goal and we beat him 1-0. So as you can imagine, the Tartan Army, we, we're going to Italian 1990 and we'd just beaten Argentina, who was the holders from 86. So if we can beat the World Cup holders, then we're going to go and win it, obviously. And then we come up against Costa Rica and we get beat. So <laughs> that mm-hmm. was a different matter. But I think highlights, playing for Scotland, as you say, um, you know, get, getting promotion with Bradford to the Premiership was, was incredible. And then I think being inducted into the Rangers Hall of Fame was, you know, something I'll, I'll never forget and uh, always treasure. Yeah, fantastic. And you gave us a lot of pleasure in watching you. We remember the two goals. I remember them clearly, actually, the uh, the two FA Cup final goals. All obviously, the result didn't go your way that that day. Uh, but it must have been an awesome, uh, awesome experience to be involved in, in something like that at the, at the old Wembley as it was. And then just from your managerial career, you know, what, what could you pick out for us in that? Because you've had plenty of success doing that as well. Is it, is it about winning the trophy or the Manager of the Year award or is it something to do with you know, how you improve a player or a team? Is that, yeah. that giving more of a buzz? I think when you look back at the time, it's about winning games and trying to get the end result. I mean... Um, for example, at Motherwell, you know, we're in a table at League of 12, and I think we probably had about seventh or eighth budget, but the, the aim was to finish, you know, in the top six because they have a little split in you. But we managed to finish second twice and third once. And um, one season, we took Motherwell into Champions League, which if somebody said that was going to happen, they got carried away, you know. So, um, yeah, things like that. Um, but when you look back, bringing young players through, seeing them going on and progressing their careers, um, which is which is brilliant. P- picking bargain buys up young boys and you know moulding them or trying to help them just progress. I think we get as much even now when I've been in the game a long time. I get as much pleasure from seeing young players come through um, and be successful and move on. You know, we we always at the level I'm at, at the moment. I'm more I understand totally. You always want to keep your best players. But at the end of the day, you don't stand in the way if they've got chances to go and progress. And, you know, we had, we've had that at Motherwell and certainly had it at Bradford on a few occasions. So, um, but yeah, no, listen, I, I, I think football, to play, play football is, is, is unbelievable. And the be- next best thing is obviously to try to be involved in it. And, you know, to be a manager and coach is, um, it's stressful, it's tough, but it's certainly enjoyable. You've made a good job of it. Uh, you've made a very good job of it. A great career. And Stuart, we, we thank you immensely for putting in some time to, to talk to us about those, those career highlights. Just really wanted to, to get you to wrap up with a, a message, if, if you can, for people watching this podcast uh, who might feel like they want to contribute. Why is it so important that, um, that the, the Wortley area keeps the TV Paris and Sports Ground? Yeah, well, it, it's just, it just gives kids a chance to have dreams, doesn't it? You know, you, you see nowadays, back in, back in my day, back in the, you know, 30, 40 years ago, um, seeing lads playing football, kids playing, you know, football and out or doing whatever. Nowadays, we know, you know, they play more football on the Playstations and the Game Boys and that. So to have somewhere you can go and, and, and play and learn in a safe environment, um, and look back at the history of the place. You know, there has been some decent players graced there and there have been some fantastic games, you know, you know, local games and encounters. 
But I think it, it's important for a community to have somewhere somewhere like that where you know people can go enjoy the sport in a safe area, but also go and and, and get behind your local clubs and community. And I think it's um, I think we've got enough houses about, haven't we? Let's keep the football pitches. Brilliant. Um, many many thanks, um, folks. That's it from Stuart and myself for now. Thanks for watching. Please do contribute. Uh, I'll be leaving the details up once this cuts off. Uh, all the full details of where you can get involved with the community action groups and uh, where you can send your donations to as well. But from Stuart and from myself, goodbye for now. Cheers.